custom shirts here for the last time at boygob.com as you could tell last week mm, might have been a might have been a little bit of a fallout but uh we both thought that we owed it to all of you all four of you to give you one last one last show so joe here we are another week has passed how was yours well, as I can see probably by the video quality, Tom, I am on uh, Ice Station Zebra right now. So, you know, being out here stuck in the middle of nowhere, it gets that fuzzy look. But it kind of gives it that retro thing that everybody's into now. So definitely, definitely going to boost viewership, I think. Uh, as for the week... The week was busy, and then I went to Pittsburgh, as I do every year, for Horror Realm. And uh, it took me a while to get into the vibe, Tom, because as we got to Pittsburgh Friday morning, I decided, hey, let me check my bank account and see what's going on. Mm. And it seems like there was an anomaly there. There was much less money there than there should have been. Uh Tried to call while I had time, but it was put on hold for quite a while. And then it's like I ran out of time, had to go do the show. So while I was trying to have a good time, in the back of my mind, I was just worried about this the whole time. And, you know, as people are buying shit, I'm just thinking this isn't enough. You know, this is, you know, uh, the thing cleared up this morning, but the whole weekend, like I was just like, fuck, you know, things are bad enough. I'm hoping, you know, this this trip is going to help out some. And, yeah, I was just kind of worried. But I, I did manage to have a good time. Everybody that came to the table, uh, I've told you to listen to the show. Hopefully you did. So thank you. Uh, you can tune off now. No, we'll give it a few minutes so we can get some numbers. 
but no, thank you. Thank you to Rich and Michelle that always put us up and let us stay in their home. Uh, Tim Gross for throwing a party with, with a lot of people uh, that aren't even from the area but used to go to the show or whatever. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Brian Huey, thanks for bringing me some beer, man. The guys from Severin that are right next to me, always real cool, always real cool with me. Uh, it was it was a good time, but I wish I wouldn't have had that hanging over my head the whole time. You know, it definitely fucked me up. So and it, if it didn't seem like I was uh, as on my game or attentive to some of you that were out there, that's the reason why. You know, and I just didn't want to voice it and curse myself even further. <laughs> you should have just put it out of your head and not thought about it, Joe. Don't worry about stuff you can't control. Nothing you can control. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Like that can happen. Yeah. And uh, even last night, like we're, we're at Rich house, Rich's house and, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night just thinking about my bank, thinking about numbers and everything. And I know nothing updates until Monday. So there's nothing I can do, of course. So I just go sit in the shitter. On the phone, you know, I don't have to shit or anything, but I just can't, you know, I can't sleep and I don't want to keep Lisa awake if I'm tossing and turning. So, shit, that's the only place I could go because it's cold out there in Pittsburgh. I can't go sit outside. So, yeah, just sat on the shitter, just scrolling through the phone for a couple hours until I said, man, maybe I'm tired enough to sleep now. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what you were doing up so late texting that night. Yeah, yeah, because you were texting me, and it's like, <laughs> man, I just, you know, I, I didn't even tell you what was going on. I was just like, eh, you know. <laughs> don't feel good. enough problems. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, I tried. I tr really tried to have a good time, and everybody else there made an effort. Uh, I think I I uh, faked it pretty well for the most part. But yeah. well, most importantly, were you able to cover the trip? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, definitely covered the trip. Uh, I think after I looked at the numbers, uh, I'm sure I made a profit. And this year, because we flew southwest, you know, I usually ship six boxes up there. This year, I think we shipped four, and I took two carry-on bags full of box full of uh, shirts. And usually have to send back at least one and a half boxes. But this time, I think we brought back two in the carry-on. So that that saved me, you know, that shipping and everything. Uh, so there's, there's that. I kind of figured out the numbers to bring and what the people there want. Um, All I, Dawn of the Dead shit. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could have gone with that. But uh, no, I kept it really mainstream this time because it was... a. Uh, the Terrifier guy was their main uh, guest, and he has that guy. That movie is blown up like a whole lot, you know, and it's brought in uh, whether you like it or not. It's brought in a new crop crop of fans. So there was a lot of younger people there than uh, than we've seen in the past. You know, people that have never gone to the show before, and hopefully they'll start looking into other horror stuff, and it just won't be oh, I just like Terrifier. They might you know, actually dig around. There might give new life to some of the older films that we like, and maybe we'll see I mean, some. That'll definitely happen. That's what happened to everybody who get, gets into movies. So, yeah. It's the circle, Joe, or the cycle. The circle of jerks. 
Um, fuck. Number one, molested by friends or whatever the fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get to that maybe, depending on how you're feeling at that point. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, shit. Well, my oh, connection's fucked, so hopefully you can still hear me. It's Carberry Shane's birthday. Happy birthday! Happy He's birthday. a moose, did you know? He's a moose who speaks. You should be actually doing something much funner than watching this show on your birthday, but thanks for joining us anyway. Well, I mean, he's Canadian, so this is about oh, as much okay. fun as they get. A lift of Molson to you. I'm drinking water tonight. It's got to give the old liver yeah. some time to recuperate. So uh, how was the actual crowd itself? The crowd... Uh, Friday better was better than uh previous years because when we speak yeah. of this one, uh, it's not well. I don't want to say it's not well attended, but I'll say it's not a big show. No, it's not, it's not a, a big show. It, I guess, in the past has been well attended. For, they tell me for Pittsburgh, they say it's hard to get anybody in Pittsburgh to go out to do anything in a big crowd unless it's like a street, a free street festival or something. Uh, but the crowd. This year, Saturday especially, was consistent all day. Usually the, the dealer room has lulls. You know, there'll be a lot of people, and then all of a sudden there's nobody because there's a panel going on or something, and then the people come back. This time there was consistently people in there. And, you know, I was making sales the whole time, but like I said, I was like, fuck, is this going to make up for what's missing in the bank <laughs> that I don't know where it went? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, they're... You know, it was good, and they were they were spending money. Uh, the guys, Severin, they were uh, they were making their sales, and they were were really hoping that the box sets would move for them. And they, you know, Jamie was kind of like, "Man, these just aren't going. These just aren't." But Sunday, I guess people waiting for Sunday to get those on the way out, so they started selling that stuff at that point. Uh, unfortunately, right behind me. And you know how uh, how I hate when people play their own music, right? That shows, well, behind me was the guy that I guess he owns the Buffalo Bill house from uh, <laughs> the Lambs. And he's turned this into a and b Okay, man, that's your hustle. That's cool. And people were going to check it out. But he was playing that Goodbye Horses song <laughs> on fucking Stop. And it was the Severin guys that told me when they got there, they saw him. They said, oh, fuck, not this guy. <laughs> and they said, you like Goodbye Horses, Joe? Because you're going to hear it. You're going to fucking hear it a lot. And I, I managed to tune that out, I guess, at some point. But they, you know, every so time. It I, just becomes the noise of the room after right. a while. Yeah, but every time I, like, notice that, hey, I'm not hearing it anymore, one of the Severin guys said, Goodbye Horses. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Um, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, and since I knew I didn't have a whole lot of room and luggage this time, I really didn't buy a lot, but I did buy a lot, Tom, as you know, uh, I'm trying to liquidate my DVD collection and get rid of stuff, but, uh, that's kind of hard to do when your buddies at Severin are there. Uh, they did have one that I wanted that, uh, I picked up and that is. Acción Mutante from Alex de la Iglesia. 
So picked well, up a copy of me. Something from, happened. And a copy. I don't from, know what, but he got severed maybe because their site went down too, you know. Oh, probably so many people want Yeah, he'll uh, pop back up and show us all the good stuff that he got from old Severin. I don't know why it would be a... He's back. Hmm. Joe, you're back. Did I really go out? What the you, fuck? You did. Should I just go to the phone then, or what? No, I wouldn't, because my internet's been fucking spotty, too. We're just going to fucking do this, Joe. Okay. And I'm not going to get mad this time. <laughs> All, right. All right, so like as I was saying, I picked up a copy of Axion Mutante from our buddies at Severin. And this is one of the ones that I went for that I was like really hoping that they would have. And yeah, they did. So I got a copy for me, and I got a copy for Tom. So you'll be seeing a review of this at some point. Woo! Uh, yeah, I really like this guy's movies. You and got a couple one. masks heading your way. Also picked up what I'm told is a horrendous Dracula versus Frankenstein because I am a mark for Frankenstein. It's got a cool cover, you know, very comic booky, but I'm sure it won't live up to that. Uh Got Australia After Dark. I don't know. This is just some sleaze from Australia. And it's Australia. It can't be too sleazy. You know, what do they know about sleaze? Uh, this is not a Severn release. Sure got the masturbating gunman. But Jamie gave me a copy of Flatwoods, his movie that he made that I made shirts for. So you can look that up. You can order the shirt. Can you order it on the site? <laughs> I think you can. Yeah. Uh, they did not have the master. I'll let you guys guess which one of these movies Joe will not be watching. <laughs> I've seen it. Uh, I think I talked about it on the show like okay. 20 episodes back or so. Uh, then I got Cop Game. This is one of their new Italian action releases or something. Maybe. I don't know. I'll find out. Another one I was after, Tom, is Tales to Keep You Awake. I think this was out on DVD like 15, 20 years ago. I didn't pick it up, so now I do. Got it. This is more Spanish anthology shit. Then I have this. I don't know. There's three movies on this. You got Axe, which I've never seen. Kidnapped Co-Ed. That sounds promising. And Bloody, Bloody Brothers? Or it would have been better if it was Bloody Brothels, but I guess Bloody Brothers is okay. I don't know. Uh, got Double Target. It's got this same art that they're using on all their releases now. I don't know what it's about, but it looks just like the other movie. And this one, it looks like Crocodile Dundee, Born to Fight. I've seen a movie called Born to Fight, but it was Malaysian, and I don't think this is like that. Who knows? But... Anyway, Tom, also got a button of the changeling. See that? It's a nice little button there. Or a pin, they call them, Tom. <laughs> it's not a button. See this? This is it's not a nice badge a you got there, mate. Yeah. Pin. Did this guy look familiar, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. It's William Lustig. Mm-hmm. Old William Lustig from their Lustig set. <laughs> and yeah, that's what I got from my convention neighbors. 
I think is the correct term. Yeah. <laughs> that's that. Again, thanks to everybody that came by the table out there and uh, go shop my buddies over at uh, Severin hyphen.net. I think it's different now. I think they got they got that all cleared up and maybe it's just severin.com. I don't know. <laughs> so uh yeah. Uh yeah, I mean it's not really worth saying. We all know that Pennsylvania is really low key hillbillies. The first time I went there, I was I was shocked at how how almost deep south it is with some of these people since it's right next door to fucking West Virginia. It's a very low-key hillbilly city. But yeah, that was it. I just wanted to throw that in there because I don't like fucking Pittsburgh. <laughs> was it gray when you went there, Joe? It is a very gloomy-looking city. Um but we, we never have been in the summer, so I don't know what their summers look like. But, uh, yeah, I've met a lot of friends there. Yeah. I appreciate their friendship. It's yeah. Good. It's good. It's good, Joe. How was your week, Tom? It's making sure you can still hear me. Yeah. Can you still hear me? Terrific. Okay. Well, I got my uh, taxes done. <laughs> no, just fuck them. You're a real piece of shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so uh, I got my taxes done. This is the first year ever since I fucking started doing this that I'm getting money back. But that's only because I've been paying more than was owed without the deductions and all that but uh made some sense why i'm uh why i'm really hurting right now and struggling to to keep the dream alive as they say made about fifteen thousand dollars less last year joe <laughs> yeah feel it definitely feel it yeah uh so there was that. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to have a <laughs> quite a reduction as well when I do mine. But but go ahead, Tom. Sorry. Yeah, so then I was just like, ah, no better time to uh, go uh, insulate the new mask hole since it's getting warmer out. It's getting humid out. Things are, things are gonna need to be insulated. So, uh, but I don't know. Fifty dollars, maybe seventy dollars worth of spray foam. About a hundred and fifty dollars worth of caulk. So I spray foam the gaps in the metal building to like where all the pieces meet. There's these big gaps in it. Mm -hmm. And spray foam is very inconsistent. It'll come out like, <sighs> and then after a while, it'll just spit or spatter and just come out however the fuck they want to. The delivery system for this stuff is garbage. They should just sell them all in little bitty cans, like little bitty one-shot cans. So 
I'm spray foaming everything. Get everything spray foam. Go outside to make sure everything's filled in. It's yeah, but you know, a bunch of it ran down the front and the back of the building. So now it just looks like complete fucking shit and garbage. If I want it to look nice, I'm going to have to go out there, sand it down, repaint it. Hopefully I could find similar paint, even if it's a little bit fucking off. It's going to look even worse than if I just leave it. So I'll probably end up having to uh, paint the front of the shop just for appearance purposes at some time. Maybe I'll just paint the whole thing black and take care of it like that. But just going up and down this ladder and up and down this ladder and moving around because like all these joint things have to be cocked and shit. I went through 15 fucking uh, things of cock. My hands were fucking swollen. I could barely move them the next day. It was fucking rough. But that doesn't matter because I had to clean the shop out because uh, I had the insulation board coming today. So I had to very carefully and delicately so my fuck I wouldn't just scream from the pain of holding things. <laughs> just get everything out of the uh, mask hole. So uh, I did that, and then today the foam, the uh, foam insulation was supposed to come from a uh, twelve to four. My mom and I were uh, going out for breakfast. In about five minutes from us driving from the house to get where I'm going, I get a call and say, hey, we're going to be there in about 30 minutes to deliver your insulation. All right, I guess I'm turning around. I booked this shit for the fucking afternoon, but that's all right. It's Lowe's, and you people are always fucked. Like the last fucking three things we got from Lowe's, it was just completely fucked and people don't even show up in a Lowe's truck. They're not wearing fucking Lowe's clothes or anything. It's it's fucked, but I got the shit here. It doesn't matter. We went to IHOP afterwards. It wasn't good because it was IHOP, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I got a sculpture I'm going to be working on in the background while I'm putting up this insulation. I got a mask I got to paint, and other than that, I don't have any work lined up. So I'm just going to insulate the shop this week and paint my one order and hope that hope that something comes in, Joe. I'm fucking busting my ass, sculpting, <laughs> fucking making all this goddamn shit. And son of a bitch. But that's yeah. all right. You got two masks heading your way. Just keep I hope you enjoy busy. that shit, and so you don't think mm. about it, Tom. <laughs> Two years, mm -hmm. Two years until I hit the pillow. <laughs> until my head hits the pillow, and then I'm not thinking about anything, and automatically it's all the horrible shit in life just floods through my fucking brain. Oh yeah, life. Mm. It's not the best, Joe, but you know what? You know what they say. No one ever told me life was kind. No. no. They actually sang it to me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it uh it was what it was, man. 
yesterday my hands were so goddamn swollen i was taking ibuprofen like every two fucking hours because just doing that fucking caught gun over and over and over on this 20 by 20 by 20 fucking building it was just jesus fucking christ like my hands will cramp up and shit sometimes when i'm sculpting and shit but god damn that was rough i'm just like oh god i'm gonna fucking um, be out of work but hey i already am so fuck it swell <laughs> up you fucks <laughs> oh shit it's oh funny. it's gotta pick it was fucked up i had a <laughs> i sent your stuff out and i think oh yeah the depression mask i painted on the live stream sold so thank you for that i hope you're a fan of the charlotte hornets and then i had an ebay order that i sent out dropped them off at the post office they're just like oh we don't see you here that much anymore everything okay you doing all right and that's when i knew i was fucked and the people at the post office were like, hey, where where are you? <laughs> oh, DWNProductions.net, for the love of fuck. If you want something custom made, come on. Some guy fucking tagged me. Some guy wanted a fucking penis mask. I was just like, I need the money. I need the money. If you want it, here's what it'll be. Never heard from him. Normally, I wouldn't do that type of thing anymore, but I know hard times. I know. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, sometimes your pride just Fuck. has to take a back seat. Well, at least I'm getting likes. Yeah, you're getting <laughs> likes. Yeah, you're getting compliments. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting suggestions of what sure would sell, you know? Yeah, this delay is something else, huh? Uh, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, if you want to try, don't log off or anything. Just stay on there. And if you want to try it on your phone and then exit out of here once you have it on your phone. I will attempt this. You get what I'm saying? Leave that up. Open it up on your phone. And while Joe attempts this, I'm going to say, everybody, now there might not be another time for you to head on over to dwnproductions.net. To, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to do some spring cleaning soon. I was looking at the site, and I have 31 uh, masks, busts, and or props up there. And I thought, you know what? That's just that's just a little bit too much. Maybe there's too much variety up there for people to choose from. So I'm going to go through that, take a few things down. Not going to tell you what, <laughs> but go there, buy something, and uh, let's see how this goes. Oh, shit. Hey, Joe. Now take it off the computer. <laughs> Hey, Joe. Wow, that hey. sounded cool. <laughs> Is this better now? Uh, I don't know. I've, I got a delay or not now. Do you have a delay? I finished talking now. No, I guess not. Okay. Well, Joe, fast custom shirts as well. Literally hundreds and hundreds of t-shirt designs for you to wear 
hang up, I guess. If you just want to cut the image up and make a little tapestry of it, maybe sew it on the back of your uh, jean vest or uh, use it to clean up cum or dog semen, whatever, whatever you want to do. But, Joe, we talked about Pittsburgh. We talked about man's work, a man's work. Like I told you, once I'm done insulating this fucking mask hole, I'm going to be way more Mexican than you are, son. <laughs> but now it's time to talk about a couple movies, because that's all we watched was a couple movies. Couple, couple movies each. Uh, Tom, I watched a classic of horror. At least that's what I'm told it is. And this is a film called The Prowler. You ever seen this, Tom? Yeah, this is the most average slasher movie that's ever, ever been made. Yeah. So this starts off like a... Generic, that's what I meant. Generic. Telling you about World War II and how guys would get these Dear John letters. and it's That's a letter where their sweetheart back home breaks up with them, even though they're in the war. And, like, need that to keep them going. Well, one night, this girl that broke up with somebody via Dear John letter is out at the local dance. at the. It's a college town. And they go out to the little gazebo to make out and stuff. But, hey, here comes a guy with military fatigues. And he's out to kill him with his military-issue pitchfork, Tom. Now, I don't know that a pitchfork... Is something that's issued in the military. Having never been in the military uh, during peace or wartime, but I don't think that's something they give you. You know, like a bayonet, which he does use, and uh, and a rifle. You think he should be shooting people, but now he's stabbing them up. He's prowling around the Tom, the the town, Tom. <laughs> and, well, Joe, I know for a fact. That in the Juggalo army, you are supplied with pitchforks, and they are to be used to be inserted into the throats of bigots, or down the throats of bigots, as they say. So maybe, just maybe, this guy was G.I. Juggalo. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Yeah, so maybe he wasn't real military, he was a gang member. Um... Yeah, so then they flash forward to the 70s, and this college town is going to have the first dance that they've had in 30 years, Tom. And all the young ladies and gentlemen are excited about it, but uh, holy shit. So what is this, my bloody Valentine again? Right. Oh, well, here's the thing. Uh, While this dance is going on, the local sheriff, he's going on vacation, Tom. So he's not he's probably gonna... going on a gaycation. Maybe. He's not going to be there. He's going on a boat trip. Uh, maybe he's not going to be there, so his deputy has to take over and, you know, make sure the town's okay. And the deputy, he's kind of hitting on the college girls and stuff. But the killer is back, Tom. Mm. The killer is back. And he starts killing folks <laughs> with his stabbing ways. And... That's pretty much the brunt of the movie until we figure out the the reveal when the killer's mask is taken off. And holy shit, it's the sheriff, the guy that left at the beginning of the movie that said he wasn't going to be around. If you couldn't figure this out, 
You just some kind of dumb. Uh, it wasn't a vacation. It wasn't a gaycation. It was a staycation. It was a slaycation. <laughs> yes. Uh, the redeeming qualities of this movie is the special effects. Uh, the kills are done pretty, pretty, pretty fucking good. Uh, this is some early Savini work, I guess. And uh, just watch those scenes and just skip the rest of the movie. I'd see. <laughs> that was something I was thinking of. If we can go back to horror realm, Con, how the hell didn't they have any of the fucking Pittsburgh people there? Because they've done it so many times before. But I mean, I think that would draw people because those motherfuckers love the Romero crew out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Savini does always pop up on Sunday. He just goes to the show and just kind of shops. Gotcha. Uh, which is odd to me because he, you know, he always buys like a trick or treat mask, which like to me that stuff is garbage. But he picks them up. Who am I to say? You know, hey, there's some pops over there too if you want some of those, buddy. Um, yeah, I mean they're just mass produced, so they're not as. Excuse me quality as if you got it from an independent artist mm-hmm. the sculptures a lot of them turn out good like they turn out good but then they go to wherever they go to and come back with these minimalistic paint jobs or whatever and i mean that's just the nature of uh mass-produced novelties i guess yeah well somebody's making money tom somebody not me that's for fucking sure um, Maybe yeah. a year before I die. The Prowler, if that's your thing, I'm sure there'll be a 4K somewhere. <laughs> and the special effects that look so great will not look as great because it's in 4K. <laughs> you know, if 4K is your thing, fuck it. If 4K is your thing, I hope you're not into horror movies. Right. <laughs> yeah, or monster <laughs> movies or, you know, anything of the like. Anything made after 2016. <laughs> or before. Before. And even that's kind of pushing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think even like uh, all that Marvel style CGI stuff looks even more cartoonish in 4K or whatever. Colors are bright, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like bright colors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, Joe. Well, I watched one of your favorite movies from one of your favorite bands. And this movie is Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. They're not actually in The Pick, but they're in a movie called The Pick of Destiny. Have you seen this one? <laughs> I saw it a long time back. Um, I I think it was pretty drunk when i saw it so i was probably you know nodding in and out but uh i remember it being like a collection of all the skits the t- the tenacious d skits from that hbo show that they there's did. a few of them in there for sure and uh and of course i watched it for for dio you know dio uh, coming through the poster or whatever i need to rewatch it it's uh it holds up for the most part. Uh, the f- I forget what the fuck movie I was at. I remember it was uh, AMC Golf Point 30. 
I just don't remember which movie it was. And I've seen it a couple times, the trailer for it, that is. I didn't know who these motherfuckers were. This was before Jack Black was like this big thing or whatever. And I was just like, God damn, this looks fucking stupid. Why am I always seeing this goddamn fucking trailer? Because it wasn't like a trailer like where it showed movie clips or something. It was just some fucking bullshit they made about like fucking uh, them being 50 year old burnouts or whatever the fuck. <clears throat> so I fucking avoided that shit when it fucking came out in theaters. And then when it hit DVD, everyone was just like, oh, this is so great. You got to see it. Blah, 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 blah. And then I did see it. And it was pretty fucking good, Joe. After that, I fucking checked out the uh, HBO show, and then they had like a couple uh, live music DVDs or concert DVDs or whatever. Watched those and fucking, I would drive around for a little bit listening to this soundtrack in the car, like some kind of fucking Broadway theater guy. And looking back on it now, Joe, that's fucking embarrassing as shit. It's like rolling around listening to fucking Weird Al on full blast and shit. <clears throat> it's fine if you do that, but just know it's fucking embarrassing. But after re-watching this shit again, a lot of it's pretty funny. It still holds up. I just can't fully buy into Jack Black. I don't know why. There's something that just doesn't seem a hundred percent genuine. Like there's there's something there. I don't I don't know what it is. He's fine in the movie and everything, but there's just there's just something missing about the guy that I can't get fully behind on. Don't know what it is, but the movie's pretty funny and it holds up for the most part. I had a good laugh. I had a few good laughs, Joe. <laughs> I think uh Kyle Gass's fucking dry humor. That's what really fucking does it. Jack Black's more of a fucking cornball guy, but I mean the yin and the yang and whatever. But, uh, what a fucking mo driving around listening to this goddamn music. Now we got to blow this goddamn. But when fucking dude's just like, you're gonna gargle mayonnaise, and he goes, no, still makes me laugh to this day. <laughs> Uh, because see, it's homophobic, you see. <laughs> you did go see Hamilton, so. You know. No, I saw the Book of Mormon. Oh, okay, I always get those two confused. Because... I don't know, because it's pretty much the same shit. <laughs> right, yeah. No, I understand. Uh, but yeah, the music's good. It works in the context of the movie. Great. And it works great if you know you're in the shop by yourself, just tapping your foot thinking about the lyrics and the song in your head but once you you know you transfer that to your car stereo when you're driving around you're getting a little bit of murky waters there <laughs> and i don't get the meatloaf thing uh i know a lot of horror fans or fans of meatloaf or tales from the crypt or fight club or whatever but I always thought that was like some old pussy music, Joe, that I would do anything. Like, that's the only thing I know. And it's just like, what is this pussy shit? Why are people behind Meatloaf? Yeah, he doesn't is do he rock a... music at all. Uh, not at all. And his uh, album covers are very deceptive. Uh, it's <laughs> trickery. 
that brought people in. And back then, it's like, well, were they trapped? I guess they were trapped, Tom. And uh, what are they going to do? They just bought this uh, record, and all right, well, let me listen to it anyway. Let me listen to it again. And then they started to like the songs, you know. And I'm trying to remember one of his songs so I could uh, belt out a few tunes to show you how not rock and roll it is, but I can't remember. <laughs> Yeah, all I know is the anything for love thing. And that's mostly because like a Wayne's World special that was on MTV. And I think they kept like uh, showing the Leprechaun. It might have been a fucking special to promote the fucking first Leprechaun movie for all I remember. But (laughs) it was definitely some Wayne's World shit on fucking MTV promoting Leprechaun to where I first became fucking annoyed by that fat fuck that fat falling off stage fuck rest in empowerment bud yeah yeah I mean it was alright it's definitely worth a watch oh Uh, he was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show so that's maybe why some horror fans gotcha yeah I never even fucking bothered with that thing if I'm not watching that shit, sorry, I'm not watching fucking Planet of the Paradise or whatever the fuck, Phantom of Paradise. I mean, it's no Hamilton or whatever, you know, but... Cats. That's what it is. Cats. <laughs> yeah, but I would say, uh, I would say check it out if you're into uh, dick and fart jokes. I mean, that's really the kind of movie it is. It's like a I want to say modern day Cheech and Chong, but uh, it ain't modern no more, old man. It is not. <laughs> it is not. So if you want a Cheech and Chong esque movie starring a bunch of fucking privileged crackers, then uh, check it out. You might like it. It's a musical too, if that wasn't fucking apparent enough. But uh, yeah, it's it's worth checking out, Joe. Hey, hey, Joe. I watched Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. It's staying in the collection. All right. <laughs> Forgot I had this pile of shit here. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's cool, man. I did. I had a good laugh. I forgot Paul F. Tompkins is in there. He's a good, funny man from Mister Show. So. Yeah. So a lot of their Mister Show cohorts are in this right and there's a handful i think uh jay johnston and old anus was uh the clockwork orange motherfuckers mm-hmm. but i mean there's not a whole hell of a lot there it's worth a watch though for sure if you like fucking dick and fart fucking musicals starring two 50 year old men who are supposed to play people in their fucking 20s i guess yeah the time I watched a, a horror classic that no mm. one ever talks about, and I'd never seen, called Messiah of Evil. Have you ever heard of this one? I have. It's a horror classic. Yeah. Well, we're talking about it, or I am at least. This is one of those, uh, I don't know, what, what, how would you describe it? It's a dreamy type movie tom it's got an atmosphere of a dream it's like hey a nothing nightmare there you go that's a good description you must watch a lot of horror movies 
Um, no, I watch the Fish Jelly channel where it's a couple homosexual gentlemen talking about movies. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Messiah of Evil is about a attractive woman that goes to this seaside town to look for her dad. She hadn't heard from her dad in a couple of months, and uh, he was consistent about writing her a letter a week. So she's worried that something might have happened to him. And she gets there, gets to his house, and like doesn't find any side and finds a, a cryptic diary, you know, saying, hey, people here are acting weird. You know, there's some strange stuff going on and and something to do with the moon turning blood red or something. And she goes to the art gallery, said, hey, you know, my dad is, oh, we never heard of him. And she meets this other guy. Yeah, I saw one of your dad's paintings in the in the art gallery. Early. And it's just kind of a series of things like that, you know, uh, and then there's a random murder, you know, some weird looking hillbilly type guy driving around a truck, kills some guy in a garage. And then uh, then all of a sudden, like uh, townspeople are just chasing somebody down and they eat them. And then it's back to the girl just having conversations with this dude. It's just a it's just a movie with a bunch of weird series of events that uh, I thought was cool. It's a movie I'll watch again, but I can't recommend it to anybody. Well, not to you, Tom, especially. You would hate the fuck out of this. You would be bored silly. But I think it was pretty cool. There's like... There's <laughs> Nothing about this shit sounds cool at all, some, motherfucker. There, there's really attractive women in it, too, but they just tease you with it. With it. You know, they like, oh, we're about to show you some nudity. This is what you've been holding on for all this time. And not, they don't. You know, whoop, they pull that rug out from under <laughs> Yeah, you know, sorry, buddy. Put your pants back on. Um, I dig it, Messiah. <laughs> if uh, if you like stuff like uh, Death Dream or stuff like that, then uh, yeah, this movie, this is for you. And that's all I got to say about it, Tom. <laughs> Shit, you uh. Did you watch anything else? No. Well then, Joe, let me welcome you to the Grindhouse. Because <laughs> it's we're in a theater, you see. Yeah. From your buddies, the Weinsteins. <laughs> Not my buddies. Uh, uh. I don't... I don't even know them motherfuckers, Joe. So, Grindhouse. This was an experimental thing, right? Uh, pick, so, give us a little bit of the history on this. So, uh, the history on this is uh, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. I think Robert Rodriguez came up with the idea to make a uh, Grindhouse double feature to, uh, excuse me, simulate what a uh what a uh, double movie night would be at quentin tarantino's house because i guess old qt would throw uh films together and have like a bunch of trailers in front of them and throw in those fucking uh what's it the shit like you were doing and let's all go to the lobby and have like a the old theatrical experience in his house. So I guess they were doing that at the time. And 
old Rodriguez had the idea for each of them to uh, make a uh, movie and uh, combine them as a double feature, call it Grindhouse, get some fake trailers together, and uh, that's what it was. Don't remember what the budget for the movie was, but there was a budget for one movie for Grindhouse, and it was cut in half or however they split it up. If I'd have to guess, Quentin Tarantino got more just because he's Quentin Tarantino, but who knows? Maybe it was 50-50. And uh, where was I going with that? So, yeah, it was two different movies, and uh, they were not uh, the 90-minute run length or the 90-minute that uh, most theatrical movies are. They were a little bit less just so it wouldn't be so much for the audience to take in at once because I did see this one in the theater. And uh, towards the end, uh, towards the middle, <laughs> middle of Death Proof, you definitely feel the, uh, you definitely feel the length of this fucking movie. But we'll talk about that next week, Joe, because I've only seen Death Proof once, and that was when I went to old AMC on the uh, Thursday night that it was released back in the day. They didn't have fucking, oh, you can just go at 3 o'clock Thursday and see the new movie that's not supposed to come out till tomorrow. <laughs> you had to go at like 10 o'clock midnight to see the motherfucker, and there was only one showing. And you bet your ass I was there, boy. I was there. Mm, kind of forever. How? Oh, sorry, it's this. My bad. So, Joe, did you see this in the theater? I also saw this in the theater tom um i remember it not being a very crowded theater but uh yeah i was there i watched the whole thing same thing with you i was like yes you're getting kind of grueling you know how much longer can this go on but uh but yeah it was an experience you know it was a cool experiment i thought they did uh, i don't remember i don't think it was successful for them but uh rodriguez definitely turned it into something for himself but uh but yeah i feel that this one uh is the better of the two movies yeah as we talked about before this is my favorite horror movie now is it a horror movie but if you got to categorize it as something, I guess it would be horror and sell it to the uh, horror crowd. So, uh, yeah, this movie's fucking great. It's about a uh, uh, chemical, I forget what it's called, a uh, chemical weapon. Was it uh, made by the Taliban or did the Americans fucking sell it to the Taliban or something? little gray area how the Taliban actually got this stuff, but uh, they got this chemical weapon that's turning motherfuckers. What are they? Maybe they're turning them into like the rage zombies from 28 days later where they're just like weird cannibalistic killers that maybe they're going to use it as a weapon. Maybe they're just going to use it to drop on their enemies and wipe out their enemies that way 
doesn't really get into that. You just got to know that this fucking chemical gets airborne and starts turning everybody into these fucking bubbly, herpy fucking monster things to just look like, ooh, I forgot to wear oven mitts when I was getting the pizza out of the oven, and now I'm all blistering up everywhere. <sighs> so it uh focuses on a uh, go-go dancer named Cherry Darling. Or, Joe, what's the other name she's known as? Fuck, I don't remember. Bobomita. I was hoping you'd say it like a Mexican guy. I don't remember what it was. Bobomita. Bobomita doesn't make no sense. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what old El Ray was saying. Or maybe know. it's Bumblemita. Is there any Spanish <laughs> word that kind of sounds like that shit, motherfucker? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, anyways, she's getting tired of the old sex work game. So she's going to quit her job as a dancer. And then her fucking night just goes to hell in a heck basket, Joe. This, uh, this toxin chemical weapon gets released into the air. And, uh, it's just it, what, what happens from there? She, Runs into an old boyfriend named El Ray at uh, the best goddamn barbecue restaurant in Texas, JT's Bone Shack. And uh, things just kind of go from there, Joe. And then there's another set of characters who we are introduced to. A couple of doctors, maybe one doctor, maybe one's a nurse or a nursing assistant, Joe. Why don't you tell us about them? I think she was more of a PA or a nurse practitioner. We'll say that. Um, they seem to have a rocky relationship, Tom. The male person of this couple is played by, what's his name, Josh Brolin. Thanos. Yes, old Thanos now. <laughs> And uh, he seems uh, quite upset with his bride and seeing like maybe she's messing around on him. Now, the bride chick, the nurse practitioner, she's played by the lifeguard from uh, the Sandlot. And uh, they get to the hospital and uh, there's some weird shit going on people are being brought in more people than usual there's all kinds of like bad shit going on but he's already looked at her phone and knows for a fact that she's messing around on him tom he's gonna lock, let that go down he's a doctor you know he's embarrassed <laughs> like that so he decides he's not only a doctor joe but he's also a mad titan he is and uh her specialty is injecting people, and that comes in a little later in the movie. She's got these little, I don't know, fucking garter belt injection things. It's really silly. Dude, when fucking he has her in the closet, and he's pulling those fucking caps off and fucking spitting her out at her head, that's like the rawest shit I've ever seen in a fucking movie ever. You feel each one of those motherfuckers hit her in the goddamn face. So he gets infected, so he's still after her. 
And uh, so uh, uh, one of his buddies comes in and says, hey, I just got bit 30 minutes ago. And they say, what? This rat looks like it's been here for 14 days, motherfucker. We got to cut your arm off. You What? So this shit infects you fucking quick and hard. And all these cases are coming into the hospital, either from being bit or exposed to the gas that was released into the air. Yeah. So she's running away from this guy. He's chasing her down. She wants to go get her son, you know. <laughs> Every time I see this goddamn movie, when that motherfucker blows his head off, I laugh so goddamn hard. <laughs> Turns out her dad is the local sheriff, maybe? Earl McGraw. And they seem to have a rocky relationship, Tom. They're not on because, the best terms. Because she's an undercover lesbian with a husband he doesn't care for. Yep. And that's the whole thing. That's like her secret reveal is that she is having an affair, but it's with a woman. Which, uh, probably not as shocking now if you've never seen this movie, but Back then, it was, okay, grind, <laughs> grindhouse. Um. <laughs> grindhouse. <laughs> they, meet, they meet up with the other group of survivors, uh, El Ray and his, uh, his Rose McGowan girl, and uh, they're all being hunted down because there's plenty of infected now, and they're kind of just shacked up at the bone shack for a while tom best in texas <laughs> during the course of this movie too there's a whole lot of grain effect you know to make it look like the film was all scratched up uh there's a little too much of that you know the movies that came out back then they didn't really fucking look like that yeah no it doesn't look natural like an old grindhouse movie would, but this doesn't even feel like an old grindhouse movie. This is more stylized grindhouse, if we can say that. Yeah. Uh, they get together. They decide, you know, oh, you know, they're finding out that it's not just any ordinary Mexican, Tom. It's El Rey. <laughs> and what's El Rey's secret past? We don't know. They just kind of give us hints here and there. <laughs> But he was some and Robert Rodriguez does not know either. No, he's just supposed to be the most badass badass who's ever badass. He was a TV station at one point, but uh, he wasn't. Now now he's just driving a wrecker, but he's got to bring those old skills back, you know, to take out the mutants. And we were introduced to another batch of mutants. Tom, tell us all about these rapists. Well, they're not mutants; they're sickos, Joe. Are they they're okay. infected? So they call them sickos. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, uh, at the beginning, which I didn't talk about, uh, Bruce Willis and his army buddies. Uh, Bruce Willis actually killed Osama bin Laden. He came across. Uh, Osama and the Taliban and shit when they were fucking with the DC-10 
That's what it is, I'm pretty sure. When they were fucking with this DC-10. And uh, he killed Ben Laden. And then they got exposed to the chemical. And the only cure right now for this chemical is small doses of this DC-10 to like regulate their systems or whatever to keep it under control doesn't make a whole lot of sense but uh bruce willis and his army buddies they make a deal with one of the taliban dudes to get them dc-10 for whatever reason money i guess and uh at the beginning the uh taliban dude who's working with them brings them to uh the base who has more dc-10 and shit goes fucking sideways so fucking i forget guy's name the taliban guy but he's just pretty much like fuck it and shoots the canisters and lets everything out into the air for some reason even though fucking like 50 minutes later oh we should all go find an antidote and shit whatever but uh so, yeah, now Bruce Willis in the army, they know what's up, and they're all infected and shit. They're just trying to find more of this DC-10. But uh, as everybody escapes from the bone shack, because each location they go to, the, everything just gets destroyed. They go to the hospital, it gets destroyed. They go to the police station where they meet up with old Tom Savini and fucking uh, the Terminator guy. That fucking burns down and gets destroyed. They go to the bone shack, that burns down and fucking gets destroyed. So then they're driving and they come across a bridge and fucking sickos are on both sides of them. They're just like, God damn it, we don't have enough ammo for this shit, motherfucker. And then from behind, all the zombies just keep getting shot. And then you find out that it's the fucking army guys. <clears throat> so they take everybody back, throw them in jail and shit. What reason? I don't know. They probably could have worked together, but they're all hopped up on this fucking DC-10. They don't know what the fuck to do. So, uh, uh, OQT wants to get his dick wet. So, you know, this is probably the most grindhouse thing about this, uh, entry. Planet Terror is about to do some old-fashioned raping. If there's one staple of a grindhouse movie, it's rape. Yeah. If there's two staples of a grindhouse movie, there's two rapes. And in this movie, there was almost two rapes. But uh, luckily, uh, oh, what's her nuts? Marley Shelton Dakota, I think her name is. She has some of those fucking needles on her and has a little fucking gun gimmick she made or whatever to shoot them out so uh they overtake the rapist uh quentin tarantino's balls drip off and then he fucking pukes up his stomach or some shit a lot of goofy melty fucking pustule effects on in here uh and it's at that time uh they break out of the prison cell because uh jeff fahey jt He's like just doing like a bullshit diversion, talking about his barbecue sauce and shit, and uh, creates a diversion. He ends up getting shot, but El Ray ends up shooting the guard and is able to open up the thing. So he makes a gun to put on fucking Cherry's leg, and from there, it's fucking just more goddamn awesomeness, Joe. She's blowing fuck. Luckily, in the commentary, 
it discusses how she was able to, uh, you know, fire this gun without ever pushing the trigger, Joe. Did you think about that? How this gun fired like rockets and bullets and shit without that trigger ever being pulled? No, because I'm watching a movie about, you know, <laughs> people with pustules, you know, taking over. And no, this like it didn't matter to me. No, well, then I'm not going to bring it up. Okay. How it happened or anything. But then just from there, it's just, uh, hey, let's kill as many fucking sickos as we can with this broad with a fucking gun for a lay. And God damn it, Joe, it is fucking awesome. And then out of nowhere, the Taliban guy's head explodes in a fucking awesome way. <laughs> uh, during, they're trying to get to a helicopter. El Ray ends up getting shot, saving Cherry. Uh, he tells Cherry that uh, he knocked her up because he never misses. He dies, and, you know, they fucking... You see, Joe, in real life, the Mexicans try and get into America. But, but now... in this fantasy world... <laughs> The Americans are going to migrate to Mexico. <laughs> and everyone lives happily ever after in Mayan temples. And, and Machu Picchu or some shit. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this movie's just fucking awesome fun. Doesn't take itself seriously at all. The gore is fucking ridiculous and over the top. The fucking monsters are just fucking ridiculous and over the top looking. Uh, it's just not taking itself seriously. Knows what it is. Knows it's just a fucking fun time. The if I have one thing that I don't like, it's like some of the CGs kind of. Mm, but I mean, you go back and watch pretty much anything from before, and the CG isn't gonna hold up and. If I got two things, shoulda shoulda let the dog live, but you know it's a grindhouse movie. You got to hit him with the bullshit. All right, that's, grindhouse. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I fucking love this shit, Joe. It is a fun movie. I I don't think it's uh anywhere close to Rodriguez's best. I enjoy Spy Kids probably more than this. Because <laughs> uh, George Lopez is in it. Yes, Tom George. <laughs> Because Machete is in it. Um, Rose McGowan looks really, really good in this. Those twins are annoying as fuck and probably should have been cut. Yeah, that's uh, his nephews. He was really trying, or nieces, sorry. He was really, or I mean, for that, for a couple years, they were really trying to make the crazy babysitter twins something. Yeah, they did a few conventions, I remember. Um, but... Nah, that was, I mean, I don't know. They're twins, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that I can never buy into. That whole shit with the missing reel. Um, okay, it, it's a gag and I get it, but after the movie came out, people were like saying, oh yeah, because every once in a while there'd be a missing reel when you'd go watch a grindhouse. No, that never fucking happened. Well, maybe you got the prints early, Joe. You know, maybe you got before they got to every other theater in America. Sure, yeah, yeah, because they looked through it and saw, oh, well, that's a missing rule. Well, you know, let's show it anyway. 
No, they didn't do that. Because even back then, people would have gone to the box office like, what the fuck? Give me my money back. <laughs> well, I'm not calling you a fucking liar, Joe. No. But in the commentary, he did say, oh, yeah, when we went to QT's house, there'd be things with missing reels and where the print would just be so bad, it would just turn reddish magenta. Yeah. And I was like, it's old, you know, now I'm sure there's shit with missing reels. But back then when the stuff was made, no, you know, when it was actually on the, the grindhouse circuit, if you want to call it that, or the drive-in circuit, no, there wasn't fucking missing reels. Um, what the fuck? Oh, we're talking about Grindhouse. <laughs> we're talking Terror. about we're talking about Planet Terror. Planet Terror, yeah, um, yeah. And he throws his kid in there uh, <laughs> with the himself right in the head with the fuck Danny Torrance haircut that he's wearing. Uh, it's fun. It, it it is definitely a fun movie. Like you said, some of it does not look good now, but some of it still looks pretty fucking great. Um. I dig it for the most part, but some of the dialogue and the way some of it looks, it looks like Tarantino had a bigger hand in the script and in, uh, in some of the production of it than, than, uh, the, uh, script, I guess was written shortly after El Mariachi road racers, maybe somewhere around that time. It was like 30 pages. And then he dusted it off when they had the idea to do this. Mm-hmm. And then he cast people. And then once he had the people cast, he reworked the script and finished writing it to play towards the actors he casted. Which is great if you have the time and resources to fucking do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Rodriguez, one thing he was good at is making money for uh, for the producers. So... You know, after a while, they'd let him do shit like Spy Kids and Machete and whatever. And Sin City. And getting... well, Sin City was before Planet Terror. So, yeah. So they let him do shit like Planet Terror. Uh, this also, it, it's got the trailer to Machete. We didn't talk about that, how these, you know, things had uh, <laughs> fake trailers associated with them. And a lot of people after seeing this, we're more excited by that trailer than the two movies. And so that grew into its own franchise, which I wish they would have made at least one more. But now I think it's a little too late. Uh, I mean, they could still make fucking Machete Kills. Or, uh, no, Machete in Space. What's it yeah. supposed to be called? Machete in Space. Is it okay, yeah, because Kills is the second one. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, that trailer's fucking dope as shit. I just figured we'd get into that when we actually talk about that one. And, uh, well, the trailer had more nudity than this movie did, which this was a big disappointment in this movie. You're going to make a Grindhouse movie. Don't just imply you, <laughs> you got to show it. You know? In the commentary, he said he wanted to have the nudity up front, which there is very slightly in the back room of the uh, uh, top or go-go dance bar or whatever, because he said he just, he wanted to hit you with it right up front, so you'd be thinking there was more and more, but there never really was. So there's, there's that. Yeah. Not saying it's a good, bad choice or whatever, but there's the explanation. Okay, good explanation, Roberto. 
<laughs> Joe, you ever see this before? Is that the book with all that's the? A, that's a book, yes. Yeah. I'm covering yeah. some of it up. I remember, yeah, when the movie came out, I saw that at the old Barnes and Noble and thought about picking up a copy, but I never did. I do, because as I told you, I love this fucking movie ever since I first saw it, Joe. Hey, I liked it enough to make a metal piece of uh, Cherry Darling. Fuck yeah, and it sold, didn't it? It did. Fuck yeah. It did. But uh, there's some concept art in here for what could have been the Sickos. And uh, they are drastically different. They went with the design they did because they were easy to sculpt and make, and it would have been cheaper than uh, the stuff I'm going to show you now, Joe. Can you see that? Yeah. All right. I'm just going to kind of move it because I can't see the screen and what it's looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks like it would have been quite a bit of work. Yeah. If they would have went with those mutant designs or that alien or something, that would have took a lot more time and a lot more money, something they didn't have. But, I mean, the look that they got, I think it's perfect. It's like infected fucking motherfuckers and shit. So Yeah. <clears throat> Shit's great. Fucking still holds up. I get choked up a couple times during the movie. So, fuck. I would say, uh, man, if that dog didn't die and that CGI was a little better, I'd like it more. But shit, when, excuse me, you're my favorite horror movie, how much better can you really get, Joe? <laughs> Unfortunately, or fortunately, next week we'll uh, be doing Death Proof, which I uh, really, really didn't care for, Joe. This style of uh, old grindhouse exploitation movie, I really didn't care for. The whole car genre, Crazy Mary, Dirty Larry, or whatever the fuck. Never really cared for that fucking kind of shit. Well, we'll get into that then. Next week at the Grindhouse. Hmm. <laughs> Joe, you like clones? Send in the clones. Huh. This is a big issue, Joe. First appearance of Ben Riley. It is. It is. So, when we left Spider-Man's last... How did we leave him? Up on a bridge. <laughs> he escaped from all that shit, right? Or... He fucking the jackal got him. Yeah, old jackal got him, and... The jackal revealed that he's Professor Warren. And I don't know. So this starts out, you know, recapping all that. And then it goes into uh, Warren's history. Okay, Warren again captures Spider-Man, has him like strapped down to a table because he might be doing some sexins to him or something. I don't know. It all seems kind of homoerotic the way he's got I mean, he was probably, from what we find out later, he was probably planting some kind of seeds in Gwen Stacy's face. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, he explains that, you know, he hates Spider-Man's because he felt like a father figure 
to Gwen Stacy. And we're thinking it's a father figure that's like got an illicit thing going with the daughter. You know, not a good thing. Not a good thing. This guy is truly evil. Maybe the first real, real bad guy we've seen in Spider-Man so far. Let me stop you there, Joe. How did you read this one? I read it on the YouTube. Did you? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I, uh, where did I read it? It was some fucking web page. I forget. And then I uh, listened to a review on YouTube. Because I was like, wait a minute, one of these motherfuckers is Ben Riley or Kane. I got to figure out, because I know one of these motherfuckers come back in the 90s, and it's just a convoluted fucking mess. So it turns out that this comic was edited. He fucking Miles Warren originally said like he was in love with Gwen Stacy, and I guess they did an edited version to where he was a father figure, he was saying. So you might have done the edited version. I guess it was, so. Yeah, it was kind of a mess, just like the Clone Saga, but yeah. I don't know. So the he shit does that, that I read definitely seemed like he was in love with Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Um, and then he kicks Spider-Man's ass. He's kicking Spider-Man's ass. How? He doesn't have superpowers or anything. And he explains in one thing. So I started working out. Oh, but you can kick Spider-Man's ass? You know? Like Spider-Man holds back his punches so he doesn't kill motherfuckers. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but then it's just like, he lets him go. You know, says, hey, meet me at Shea Stadium tomorrow, you punk-ass spider. And Spider-Man goes to the bugle. Hoping to talk to Mary Jane alone, because does Mary Jane fucking work there or something? Why would he go looking for her there? That doesn't make any sense either. That was stupid. But since there's other people there at the bugle, imagine that. People that work there are actually there, so he doesn't get to talk to her. So he leaves. It's time for his big showdown with the, with the uh, Jackal, because the Jackal still has that Ned Leeds guy. You know, it's got him all tied up. It says, surprise, surprise, Spider-Man's, you know, kicks him <laughs> out, knocks him out again. Spider-Man wakes up, and there's another Spider-Man there. And they're both saying the same thing. They're both pointing at each other, you know. And, oh, I'm Spider-Man's. No, I'm Spider-Man's. You know, which one is it? We don't know, Tom. We don't know. Mm. But it doesn't matter, because they tell the, uh, the Jackal, you're a killer. And he goes, oh, my God. I am a killer. <laughs> am a killer. Gwen, Gwen Stacy tells him that and starts hitting him, you know, like girls do, how they hit you on the shoulder like that when they're real mad. And, yeah, it just snaps him back to reality. So he goes and frees uh, Ned Leeds, but the building still blows up, Tom. It blows up. And the jackal, dead. The spider Maybe dead maybe yeah. or is it is it the clone we don't know so see in fucking out. 250 episodes you <laughs> fuck <laughs> we'll find out for many. in fact they won't acknowledge any of this shit for many issues mm -mm. uh when stacy you know yeah i got i just gotta go i don't have his social security number yeah or anything but i gotta just we got no 
together, Peter, and she walks off into the distance of the graveyard. You know, it's like, okay, that wraps up that storyline, I guess. But I guess. Hopefully there's not like a third clone that didn't come out the pot well that has a couple abnormalities that we. And long hair. Find out, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the next issue is called, I don't know, Am I the Real Spider-Man's or something like that. But yeah, this is... Uh, we forgot that him and Mary Jane go and do some fucking and sucking, and that's how the right. issue ends. That's it. <laughs> you're like banging the shit out of Mary Jane. <laughs> We're back to the status quo of Peter right. Parker or Ben Riley being a pussy hound. We don't know because like many grindhouse comics of the <laughs> there's some... Mis- Mm. <laughs> These are key issues. This is like some of the best of Spider-Man shit. And it's not it's not very good. You know, it's more confusing than anything else. You um, get a lot more confusing, Joe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. But come on, Roger Stern or somebody else take over this book. <laughs> we'll see uh-huh. so yeah big 150 next week yep we'll see how this storyline wraps up <laughs> or we won't because this is the last episode yes that's right I forgot about <laughs> hey Joe you like lists lists where we don't get molested for friendship Sometimes, Tom. Okay. Sometimes, all I close. Uh, as you suggested, our most embarrassing childhood moments. Uh, maybe I blocked a lot of shit out because this was a very difficult list to come up with shit. And then I remembered about things we've talked about in other lists. You know, so I was like, okay, well, shit, I've already talked about that. But let me talk about it again. One of them was being caught in my own imaginary world, Tom. Like I was, you know, sitting there in the family room and we had family over and everybody was taken off and I'm there by myself. So my imagination starts running wild and there's like some, I don't know, some evil skeletons that pop up. So I jump up and grab my imaginary sword and start fighting them. You know, and I have big fucking long choreographed fight with, you know, I don't know, (laughs) skeletons and robots and all kinds of shit. I'm jumping around, you know, probably rolling, you know, doing those rolls so I can stab somebody like that, you know, and and finally I do some kind of spin and I spin and I notice fucking everybody just standing there looking at me. (laughs) I just stop. They all start cracking up, you know. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) <laughs> Mijo is muy loco. <laughs> Boy's got the devil in him. Uh, <laughs> probably going to be one of them theater guys. <laughs> he does drive around listening to Tenacious D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What do I got? Ah, yes. Uh, I was in elementary school, elementary school, as people who can't speak would say. And uh, I remember these next door neighbors. I went with them to a baseball park 
I don't know if like a bunch of little league games were going on at that time or there was just a lot of people at this uh, baseball park. And uh, I like went to the bathroom to take a shit or something. It's very, very blurry (laughs) what happened. But I somehow got shit all the way up the back of my brand new Spider-Man shirt. And, Uh you know, in these days, you couldn't just go to any store anywhere (laughs) and get a comic book shirt. This shit had to be fucking cut out from the back (laughs) of a comic book or bought from an actual comic shop. And uh, somehow just shit up the back of it. Got shit all fucking over it, so we had to leave early, and I probably ruined their whole family time or whatever just because somehow this fat little kid ended up shitting up his fucking back in a public place. I shit my shirt. (laughs) Gotta go. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Don't actually know what happened because I was fucking very young, but I definitely do remember ruining another family's fucking day because the fucking friend they decided to bring got fucking shit all the way covered in his shirt, which they had to fucking drive in their car home. (laughs) Probably with the windows down. (laughs) And that shirt was never worn again. That's done. It was dope. It was like an all-over print Todd McFarlane Spider-Man shirt. Man. Fuck. Um, This was at a family gathering. at uh, I think it was at our house. Yeah, it was like uh, 4th of July or one of the the, uh, events with firecrackers. uh, Like I was walking by and I noticed in the kitchen they had like ingredients mixed up because the women were in there cooking because that's the way. It's where they belong, you see. (laughs) I hope they were barefoot and knocked up, Joe. And I noticed that there was some diced pickles, you know, there. What kid doesn't love pickles, Tom? All right. So I thought I'd be sneaky, reach in, grab myself a little handful, eat them up. But those were jalapenos, Tom. And uh, I like spicy food now, but as a kid, that fucking hurt. Yeah. So I'm running around, like, waving my mouth. I go outside and turn on the fucking water hose. And I'm just... And it ended up I was actually blowing the gardener. <laughs> That's what I get in Sneaky. Ah, yes, my number four. This was, uh, I think, in fifth grade, the whatever's after elementary school. So I'm guessing that's about fifth grade. I had a quote-unquote girlfriend as much as any fifth grader could. And she was home alone, and one of her friends were over there. So I fucking rode my bike and raped and stabbed everybody in the house, Joe. He was the prowler. (laughs) 
I was just sitting home, minding my own business, having a big bowl of tomato soup when I got a phone call. And it said, hey, you, sh you should come over. Nobody's here. So, all right. I fucking pedal my bike about, oh, five or so miles, which is, you know, it's pretty, pretty long when you're in fifth grade, not telling anybody where you're going. And then, uh, long story short, short, her friends just like, oh yeah, you should, you should kiss her and all that. So instead of just kissing her, we end up awkwardly making out for like minutes and minutes and minutes. And when it's all done, she says, you taste like tomato soup. <laughs> And the next day, Joe, I no longer had a girlfriend. <laughs> you were tomato soup boy. Yes. But now I'm the marinara kid. <laughs> a little <pussy> boy. <laughs> Lori's still waiting on that shirt, Joe. <laughs> we'll get to it. Oh, well, we got to keep the podcast going until the shirt's released, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I think I'm finally going to sell something. Uh, <laughs> going into prostitution, are you? So, we used to go to church on a regular basis, Tom, you know, being good Hispanics. And, uh... <laughs> There was one day that I'm just not feeling good in church, you know. And uh oh. It must have been like Easter or something going on because there was a bunch of my cousins sitting with us. And uh, I guess like I made it through all the way to the closing prayer. You know, we're about to get out of there, but I just can't stand it no more, Tom. I get up, start walking down the middle of this uh, really fucking crowded church. And just spew my guts out, right? <laughs> Throw up in front of everybody in church. And this was, like, bad. This was, like, Linda Blair projectile vomiting shit, you know? And and then, uh, uh, you know, and just, I just throw up, you know? And I'm looking <laughs> around. I just kind of, like, fall down and start crying, you know? <laughs> eh, that wasn't nice. <laughs> But the thing is, too, and afterwards, they were supposed to have, like, some, like, social, you know, where it's like they have food and everything. And that was canceled, I assume. I would hope so. They took me home. <laughs> Hopefully oh. they pray for me. So after being told... I tasted like tomato soup, Joe. I was embarrassed to eat in front of broads after that. Not just because I was a big fat kid eating, <laughs> but I was just like, oh, shit, what if my new girlfriend asked me to kiss her and say, oh, you, you taste like a man's ass. <laughs> <laughs> so that always... I remember there was this one girlfriend, and like I'd always go up there, and I just wouldn't eat. I did once, but I made her fucking like turn the other way around. We were eating. 
<laughs> I made her turn around, and then I turned around, <laughs> and then I snapped her neck. <laughs> so she wouldn't hear me coming. No, she heard me coming, being a big fat kid, but you didn't see it. Uh. Number two. <laughs> oh, it's like pillows. I could fall asleep in your arms. <laughs> trying to choke you, you whore. That's what I would say as a child. Hmm? Oh, number two. Yes. Uh, we used to, like a bunch of kids, we'd walk home from school. And uh, in our elementary, he had to walk past another elementary, which was a uh, Catholic school. And as one day as we're walking uh, home, there's a fight in the Catholic school, like playground or whatever. And it's three kids beating up another kid. And, you know, my comic book sense of justice and sensibility says, hey, that's not fair. Leave him alone. So they do and proceed to come and beat me up, Tom. So, <laughs> there I am getting beat up by three kids. And it's a classic schoolyard fight where there's just a bunch of people <laughs> all around. You know, like I'm not crying or anything, but I'm just there getting beat up in shock. You know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do this to me? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is anybody helping me now? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> ah, all right. Yeah. So. I think this was around a sixth or seventh grade. Oh, excuse me. It's with another girlfriend, Joe. And uh, she went away for a couple weeks on vacation with her family to go see other family. And then she comes back and says, Joe, that she cheated on me. She kissed another boy, kid, Joe. Can you believe it? Oh. But it wasn't just that. She told me this in front of her big, fat, ugly kid friend, Joe. And then she said she wasn't going to be my girlfriend anymore, Joe. But then she said, don't worry. Because my big, fat, ugly kid friend here likes you. <laughs> then I just had to sit around <laughs> like this shit wasn't fucked. <laughs> when I should have strangled the fuck out of both of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I'm picturing it now. We were just like all three sitting on the side of a fucking grocery store. And I just should have picked my bike up and just beat the fuck out of both of them. <laughs> but I didn't, because I'm a gentleman. Fucking whores. Well, Tom, number one, I was uh, at a park with uh, my cousins. Uh-oh. And... uh 
you know those water fountains that they have that are shaped like animals like there'll be a lion and you kind of got to stick your head in its mouth no well they had those when i was a kid so and you had to like get up on a little stoop to get up on it so you're a bit elevated and uh well i was getting water tom and my mean cousin pants me right there I'm in shock. Like, why would somebody, you know, this is like thing ever. I'm having trouble my little shorts back up, you know, it just seemed to take forever and it was quite embarrassing, Tom. Oh, dude, pantsing is always the funniest shit as long as it doesn't that happen is. to you. That's <laughs> what it is, Tom. Like the funniest shit I've ever seen when Jamel got pantsed at Frightmare and he wasn't wearing any underwear and he just had a weird small little pingle. <laughs> Oh, it was so fucking funny. Oh, shit. Oh, since we decided not to go dark with this, I mean, someday down the line, well, hey, top five traumatic childhood experiences. I guess I'll save that for that one. So uh, my number one, I, uh, I guess I'll go with I had a backup. Joe. This was, I think, fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade, because it was in the same school. This girl, this is fucked, because we were so young, Joe. I just you had a lot of lady trouble late, early on in life, Tom. Yep, and nothing ever happened because I was a little puss, and molested for friendship plays a thing, and where it just fucked me up, Joe. So, uh, this girl called. It was, oh, hey, well, why don't you come over and I'll give you a blowjob? I was like, what? I'm like, I'm like 11, 12. Oh, my God. So, I fucking, I race over there. And then she's fucking just, like, flashing her little girl tits. Gross to think about now because I'm a grown fucking man. And but it was like, really ah in the closet. <laughs> She was like at the back, uh, like kitchen window, where it's a big sliding glass door, like doing this kind of thing and shit like that, and fucking just like going all around the fucking windows of the house doing that. And then I would like run around the house, and then her dad pulled up, Joe. <laughs> hey, boy. What are you doing in my house? This was in Chicago, and I forgot to mention this was a black family, Joe. Hey, boy, what you doing in my house? Looking through my windows and shit. Oh, I'm just, you know, daughter told me to come over for school. So, you yanking my chain, boy? No, no. You know what I mean by yanking my chain, right? No, no, not really. So it was just no. Nah big awkward situation like that mm. little little fat white kid getting 
yelled at for looking at this African-American gentle fellow's fucking young daughters pushed together top tits. But to be fair, I was the same age. It's just gross thinking about now. So, yeah, I wouldn't whack off to that memory if that's what you're thinking. That's fucking gross and probably highly illegal in the year fucking 2052. I would imagine so. Yeah, so hopefully someday we talk about our fucking top five childhood fucking whatever I was going to say, horrifying mind scars, but maybe not next week. Joe, what are we going to talk about next week? I will let you know that. In the God day. damn it. I, Is there even going to be, hey, Joe, you feel like just saying fuck it, we'll do another show and try it again next week? Maybe I'll just stick with the phone from the beginning. Fuck. All right, then. Well, everybody, I fucking way, way too many people watched last week's episode. I was looking at the numbers, and I mean, it's nothing to fucking brag about, but a lot more people watched that awful bullshit of a show. That's the worst than should I didn't even bother doing the intro and outro music for the podcast feed. I just did some blank ass picture forms like this shit sucks. Don't listen. <laughs> but they did. They wanted to see what it was all about. And it was all about a bunch of fucking bullshit. Joe. <laughs> but hey. DWNProductions.net Forgot to fucking say Hey, here's a new mask I made It's not on the site And you probably won't even be able to buy one But here it is So, hey, maybe Joe will get a package in the mail And he can fucking show it off next week Yeah But in the meantime Excuse me Head on over to DWNProductions.net Check out all the shit that I desperately need Excuse me, make and sell Maybe you want something custom made. Now, if you're watching live or in the next couple days or listening, now would be the perfect time to hit me up and get something made. Because not only will you get a good deal because I'm desperate, but you'll get it relatively quick. So at dwnproductions.net, dwnproductions, dwnproductions.net. After that... Go to fastcustomshirts.com. I've added a bunch of shirts that nobody seems to have an interest in, but maybe you will. If not, click through a few pages. Maybe you'll find something. Order it. I'll get it shipped out to you. Everybody, you have a fucking great weekend. Hey, maybe we'll be back to try this again. In the meantime, boy, God. The song's your